You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Psalm 12, 1 and 2 is a sad portrait when you look at it through the eyes of God or as a child of God. It's a sad portrait because in one sense you have seen if you're like me, firsthand, folk that were godly but stopped being godly. People that were faithful but their faithfulness disappeared. Sad in another sense in that people actually tasted of the goodness of God. And despite the wonderful aroma and savor of God, they still chose to leave him. A sad situation. But it also speaks to us as godly and faithful men and women of God in that it should first of all say to us that we need to stay on the path that God has ordained for us to be. Second, we never need to take for granted the relationship we have with God as well as with one another. It also says or implies that there are folks watching you and they're going to be able to tell if your relationship with God shifts for the worse or far the better. That's the reason you have to keep worshiping him. You have to keep magnifying him. You have to keep giving him the glory, not only in the church, but outside the church. Because when you consider the text again, it's sad, but, it, but it's also scary. Because notice, he first of all says that the godly man has ceased. And we can't limit it to a man because we, we know there are women that used to be on fire for God, used to be about the business of God, but a shift for the worse has taken place. 
See, understand something. When, when a person is godly, it says that that person is just. Because God himself said through a prophet and an apostle, prophet being Habakkuk, the apostle being uh, Paul, that the just or the godly have to live by faith. And so the portrait is a man, a woman, or even a church that ceases to live by faith. Now, on close examination, we have that in our day and time. We have churches that have ceased to live by faith. Have preachers that have ceased to live by faith. Elders that have ceased to live by faith. Ministers that have ceased to live by faith. And as Sister Brandy alluded to, when it, when it comes to the ministry of music in Christianity, it has basically cease when it comes to faith. I want you to consider something. Before I tell you what I want you to consider, I want you to go with me to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And keep in mind that a person who is godly is a person that is just and the just have been told by God to live by faith. Consider Hebrews 11 and 1 if a godly or just person is to live by faith. Hebrews 11 and 1. Y'all ready? Now faith is the help me of the evidence of things what? Let me just deal with a part of this. If, if hope is a part of faith, that means based upon Psalm 12 and 1, if a godly person has ceased, and if a godly person being just is to live by faith, that means a godly person based upon Psalm 12 and 1 has stopped hoping when it comes to the things of God. Can you imagine giving without hope? Praying without hope? Going to possess certain things without hope. Getting a bad report, but just accepting what the doctor has said because you no longer have hope in God. That's a sad situation. 
And I'm going to show you why. Consider Romans the 8th chapter. Verse 24 is where we'll start. Romans the 8th chapter. Verse 24. For we are saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Look at the first part of the verse. We are saved by what? We are saved by what? But if a godly person has stopped hoping, salvation is not going to take place. Biblically, salvation says that deliverance, protection, and prosperity is going to manifest in your life. But if I have stopped hoping in God, if I have stopped hoping in what pertains to the scripture, if I have stopped hoping based upon the rhema word that God gives me week in and week out, that means I'm not going to experience salvation. Now, I got saved or gave my life to God 30 plus years ago. But I still need saving. On a daily basis. I need God to prosper me every day. I need God to protect me every day. Because I know I have enemies that I can see and I can't see. I need salvation every day. What about you? But if I no longer hope in God. Salvation is not going to manifest for me. I'm going to have to be a gun-toned preacher. I got too many enemies not to have no protection. If God ain't going to watch out for me, I, I, got, I got to go. I might have to hold my knife even when I'm around you. I might have to cut you. But then he goes further. He says, the faithful have disappeared. Folks that were once loyal to God. Folks that were dependable in the church. Dependable when it came to ministry inside and outside of the church. Have disappeared. Brother so and so ain't pretty. No pastor. What's going on? He ain't here. You know, Pastor, he ain't been here in a month. Where he at? Ain't nobody seen him. Say to your neighbor, the faithful is disappearing. 
Folks, you used to be able to say, yeah, I'll just, just go tell so-and-so, she'll do it. Can't do that no more. So-and-so too important now. No, notice he didn't say that, 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 that the faithful had died physically. Just said the faithful was disappearing. <laughs> And the sad thing, um, the faithful is disappearing because, in our case, some are putting other things before God. Some even put age before God. I'm too old to do that now. Put sickness before God. Well, I don't feel good much, so I can't do it, no. The Bible is specific when it says to the child, to the children of God, in Romans 8 chapter, in part, that we are not to allow anything to separate us from the love of God. And when you don't allow anything or anybody to separate you from the love of God, it says about you that you are faithful. You're going to be loyal even if you got a bear on your back. Why? Because you're determined not to allow anything to separate you from the love of God. I better read that because some of y'all, some of y'all need to see this. Let's go to Romans the eighth chapter. Lord have mercy. And, and we, we need to just, we need to just see this right here real quick. Consider Romans 8 chapter, we'll start at verse 35. Y'all ready? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ, your tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? Now he just mentions a few and some of us, we're not already found the thing that separated us from God. Tribulation represents trouble. Some of us can, can have a little trouble. Well, I'm finna stop serving in ministry. Why? Because she made you mad? So you gonna stop serving in ministry because she made you mad. What you think? For everybody gonna treat you right? Everybody gonna make you smile? I can't see like I used, I used to, so I ain't going to be able to do ministry like I used to do it. Well, get somebody to drive. Call the van service. They'll pick you up. But don't just let little stuff separate you from Christ. Matter of fact, don't let anything separate you, but especially little stuff and you tell the folks you got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How in the world you have that type power, but you allowing little bitty stuff to stop you from being faithful? Some of y'all ain't liking me now. I can tell because you ain't talking to me. I'm going to preach it anyhow though. Let me go back to Romans 8. Paul goes on to say in verse 36, as it is written, for your sake we are, woo, good, God. I didn't ask y'all to read it. 
Just hold on. I was getting my moment. For your sake, we are, get this, kill. And, and notice he says, all the day long, which is a reference to constant or continual killing. For Christ's sake. For your sake, we'll kill all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who what? See, I got to be faithful because he loved me when nobody else would. I got to be faithful because he's been better to me than anybody. You know how we say it here. Can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like who? Say to your neighbor, he's been too good to me. He's been so good to me. If I got to limp, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. If, if I got to just pull my leg as I go, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Let's just sell her one thing. I need you to help me. Ask your neighbor, has God been good to you? Ask another neighbor, has God been better to you than you've been to yourself? That's why you should be faithful. When you couldn't do it, God gave you the strength to do it. When you didn't see your way out of it, God made a way out of no way. That's the reason you should never give up your faithfulness. That's the reason you should never stop giving God the glory, the honor, and the praise. And this is powerful. Look at verse 37 again. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate, help man, from. Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Nothing should stop you from being loyal. Man, I love to tell folks about Sister Lucy Simpson. Sister Simpson say, Sister Lucy would say, look, pastor, can I put a chair back in the back because I want to be at church. Less than 35 days from death. But she was still craving the things of God. Wouldn't stop coming until her, her body just completely shut down. What do you call that? Faithful. Faithful. Just to the point to where God, you, you just done been too good to me not, not to be able to come. Though my body is racking with pain, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come. A living epistle. And some of us got the nerve to, to lay out because we bumped our big toe. You know that ain't right. I know you may have to hold it and walk with it, but come on. You, you know that ain't right. 
If I'm telling the truth, look at somebody and just say to him, well, that ain't right. And see, this is a sad thing. When a faithful person starts to disappear, which is a reference to the person dying out. God takes away his, his benefits or his blessings from that person. Let me prove it. Go with me to the book of Proverbs, 28th chapter. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost done. Proverbs 28 and 20. First part. A faithful man will abound with what? Now notice. A faithful man. But you reap what you. So if a, if a person has stopped being faithful, if the faithfulness of a person is dying out, that means the blessings of God are going to cease. Now you may get blessings from somebody else, but, not, but God is going to take his stuff away. Because see, God is a rewarder of the faithful. Let me give you another scripture. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Faith is that which moves God. Faith is that which causes God to open up the windows of heaven, pull you out of blessing you ain't got room enough to receive. Faith is that which causes God to bring you from the bottom to the top to make you the head instead of the tail. Faith is that which causes Causes you to have what man said you would never possess. Faith is that what God puts upon your life to cause people's mouth to fly wide open and their eyes to buck because they can't believe how far God has brought you. But without faith, the blessings would never happen. A faithful man will abound with blessings. And Proverbs 10 and 22 says this right here. The blessings of the Lord makes one rich. And he has no sorrow with it. Folk be t- asking you, tell me your secret. How you came from A to Z. It, it ain't no secret. It's plain. All you have to do is get in the will of God. And strive to do according to what he has ordained. And in blessing, he'll bless you. In taking you higher, he'll take you further than you ever been. This is not something that God just does for Walker or somebody else. He does it for every faithful person because according to Malachi 3 and 6 God is no respecter of person he changes not it ain't no walk of secret it's a principle that God honors if you're faithful he gonna bless you I don't care I, I don't care who you are I don't care where you came from if you are faithful to God God will change your life for the better if you're faithful to God God will bless 
you good measure, press down, shaken together and running over. If you're faithful to God, God will give you your heart's desire. If you're faithful to God, He will meet your needs. If you're faithful to God, He'll open up the windows of heaven, pull you out of blessing. You ain't got no room to receive it. Say to your neighbor, a faithful man will abound with blessings. But if you don't remain faithful to God, you better have a good job and you better pray they don't fire you. God's so awesome, he'll take care of you when you don't have a job. Our MC. George Washington Thomason Jr. was out of work for a while. But his testimony was God has been constantly blessing me. You know why? His faithfulness. Now I'm using his testimony because he's an MC. But there are a number of us in here that when you got to going through hard times, God was right there. He was meeting your needs. He was doing things for you that eyes have not seen. Good God, I found somebody and tell him he's talking about me. Sister girl, when your husband left you, God stepped in and kept blessing you. Look at somebody and tell them, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Look at somebody else and tell them, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. That's the reason I'm glad I'm saved. That's the reason I'm glad I've been blood washed. And Holy Ghost baptized. That's the reason I'm glad I still got some pep in my step. That's the reason I still dance before it. That's the reason I still turn in victory. That's the reason I still leap for some joy. Because I know can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do me like Jesus. Listen to this. Sit down. Listen to this. One of the ways the psalmist knew that the godly had ceased and the faithful had disappeared was based upon what was coming out of their mouths. Understand this. Death and life in the power of the tongue. If I sat around you for an hour, I'm going to know why you're either prospering or not prospering. (laughs) Because death and life come out of your mouth. And when you speak from your heart, 
What you say is coming out of your thinking. And once you think it and say it, it's going to be followed by you putting it into action. That's the reason I'm slow to speak sometimes. I don't just agree with everybody. I don't just agree with everything. Because I don't want to mess myself up with my mouth. It used to be a lie that I often talk about. Stick and stones will break your bones, but talk will never hurt. Some of us messed up our own self by saying things we had no business saying. God was ready to bless you with what you desired until you uttered 17 times you couldn't afford it. And God said, well, she uttered it and she done said it 17 times. Let's just let her reap what she sowed. Kill your own blessing. Say to your neighbor, I ain't killing my own blessing. With my mouth. He noticed that three things were going on in reference to their speech when you consider Psalm 12 and 2. The first thing he noticed is that they were speaking idly. A reference to speaking that which is vain, useless, or without substance. Just talking stuff and, and, and that don't mean nothing. Useless talk. Talking stuff that j just wasting breath saying it. Need to be told to shut. Thank y'all for finishing it. Let's try it one more time since you're helping me. Need to be told to shut. It isn't it amazing when you, when you hear a child of God that has been taught God's word say, say, things out of his or her mouth that are vain useless or without substance that's sad but watch this how many have ever, have ever witnessed it you've heard somebody they claim the baptism of the Holy Ghost talking empty talk get this in your own church. You know it's sad when ministers talk vain talk. Sad when pretty women talk vain talk. She pretty but she talking crazy. You know what I'm saying? But then he says flattery. They were also talking flattery. Flattery in the text connotes insincere praise. Praising but not meaning it. Or give God the glory in a testimony only to five minutes later start talking doubt about the goodness of God. We'll get up while preaching and, and, and preach that God can do anything save fail, but then get to going through trials and tribulations 
instead of depending on God, depending on what you can see or touch. Say to your neighbor, that ain't right. Insincere praise. If you're going to give God the praise, give it the praise for real. Be bona fide in what you say out of your mouth when it comes to God. If he can, if you believe he can do anything, save, fail, don't just say it. When trouble comes your way, wait on God to bring you out. Wait on him to bring you out of your night. And remember what Psalm 30 and 5 says, weeping may endure for a night, but God will bring you some joy in the morning. Say to your neighbor, you don't have to say insincere praise when it come to God. Because the one thing God going to do, he going to back up his word. You know Isaiah 55, when Isaiah decreed, once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him void. It will accomplish everything that he sent it to do. Jesus further said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not God's word. Not one, not one word that God had written in the scripture. Not one word that God had a prophet, preacher, apostle, or pastor proclamate from the pulpit. God will honor his written as well as his revealed word. And some of us know that because God has spoke better is here and better is coming and better so drape you from your crown to the sole of your feet you wouldn't experience nothing but worse but when God released the prophetic better hit you good God and you ain't been the same since am I talking about you good God I find three folks and say he talking about me The third and final thing they were talking. Get this. They were talking from a double heart. Which represents a deceitful heart. Bottom line, they were lying through their teeth. I said they were lying. Yeah, I'm just waiting on, you ain't waiting on no God, you lying. You ever heard somebody say one thing in the church and say something totally different outside the church? Amen in the pastor home through the message. Outside the church. Something else is coming out of that same mouth. James said it a little better. He, he said, blessings and curses coming out of the same mouth. Then he said, brethren, this ought not to be. We don't need to be double-tongued. Because if we're double-tongued, it says that we're double-minded. And if we're double-minded, it says that we are wavering in our thinking. And the Bible says that a wavering or unstable person is not going to receive anything from the Lord. And I don't know about you, I need everything the Lord has for me plus. 
I said I need everything the Lord has for me plus. These two sections are not getting happy about it. I got one more section. I'm looking for some happy folk. I want everything the Lord has for me plus. Is that what you want over here? If he want to bless me in the morning, come on, Lord. Bless me when I ain't got a quarter in my pocket. Come on, Lord. Bless me when I got a pound full of money. Come on, Lord. Anyway, you want to bless me, I'll be satisfied. And so the psalmist painted a sad portrait. And isn't it sad? When the godly ceases and the faithful disappear. Isn't that sad? But get this. The psalmist started out the verse the right way. Acknowledging that help was needed. And say to your neighbor, if you live long enough, you're going to need some divine help. Because he, he went on to say here in Psalm 12 and 1, help, Lord. How many know there are some things that only God can do? Now understand this. When he seen people in bad shape, he knew that God needed to intervene. Contextually, help is a reference to three things. And I want you to remember these three things. Number one, he was asking for help because he wanted the people to be delivered. Now understand this. God God will answer prayer. And if you've been having trouble, in reference to your faithfulness or your godliness, he'll help you, but you, but you have to let him help you. I said you have to let him help you. And so he was asking help because he wanted them to be delivered. Because you can find yourself in a backslidden condition. You can get to the point to where you are not praising God sincerely the way you need to be. You can get to the point to where you're trusting more in what you see instead of what God is revealing. And God said, God will help you. Say to your neighbor, he will help you. Some of us should have shouted. You know you done been on a backslid position before and God had to bring you out. Sometimes you, you can get in a backslid position because you hanging with the wrong folk. You talking with the wrong folk. That's what happened to Joe's wife hanging with the wrong folk and came back to the house talking crazy. Telling that man to commit suicide. Woman, you done backslid? Oh, I see what's going on. You've been hanging with the foolish women. 
Say to your neighbor, you get to hanging with the wrong folk. You will start down God's word. If you get to hanging with the wrong folk, you will slack up on being faithful. You got to watch who you hang around. And so he wanted some help in order to deliver folk. Because some of us recognize when we done messed up and know we need to come out of our situation. And if that's you this morning, God will bring you out. God will bring you out of your situation. God will turn your situation completely around. Second thing help means. He wanted the Lord to make it better. I said he wanted the Lord to make it better. See, because when, when, you, when, when you are around folks that are unfaithful, folks that don't believe in godliness, you are fighting spirits all the time. So he's saying, God, make it better. And, and sometimes even when, when you're going through something financially and, and you know your job just ain't doing what you need, you have to just say, Lord, make it better. You taking my 17 different pills that your doctor done prescribe, but you still ain't getting no better sometimes. You just have to break down and say, Lord, these pills ain't doing nothing but make me throw up. Make it Whatever you need the Lord to make better, you need to understand that he'll make it better. There is nothing too hard for God. There is nothing God can't bring you out of. His arm is not too short that he cannot save you. His ears are not too dim that he cannot hear you. And the final thing he wanted God to do in reference to help is to cause victory to be manifested. Lord, I've been seeing them talk wrong. I want to start seeing them talk right. Lord, I've been seeing them doing things they ain't got no business doing. Now I want to see them doing things that they should be doing. Manifest victory, God. Manifest that they have overcome what's been beating them down. Manifest that they are finally getting the triumph. They are finally getting conquest. They are finally winning in the battle that they've been going through. And that's a prayer of mine. That Lord, don't let nobody get satisfied or at ease in Zion. No matter what they're going through, give them the victory. I got to close it, but tell your neighbor, don't never get at ease in Zion. Don't ever get comfortable in a situation and think you have to live that way when God himself ordained for you not only to live, but live abundantly. You know John 10 and 10, the thief comes not but for the steal, kill, and destroy. But I 
of God done came so you can have life and have it more abundant. Look at somebody and tell them, I don't know what you're going through. But life is still on the table. Look at another person and say, I don't know what you're wrestling with. But life is still on the table. But you've got to choose life. You got to choose that you want God's help. You got to choose that you want God to step in and get some things done. You got to choose that you want God to turn your situation completely around. You've got to choose that you want God to make things better than they've ever been. And I've got to be nosy this morning. What is your choice? If your choice is for help, say, Lord, I need some help. Keep that hand up. Say it one more time. Lord, I need some help. I want you to trust him right now. With your hand up right now. Hands lifted. Represent a sign of surrender. Whatever you're going through, I want you to give it to God right now. And trust that God is going to help you. I don't care if you need help emotionally, physically, financially, or otherwise. As you're surrendering to God, receive divine help right now. Receive it right now all over the sanctuary. Receive divine help. I release it in the name of Jesus. God, you said whatever I loose on earth, you'll loose in heaven. I loose it right now. I loose it right now. I loose it right now. I loose it not only for you, but there is somebody that you recognize you need to stand in the gap for. I release it for you and that person or persons in the name of Jesus. I release it right now in the name of Jesus all over the sanctuary. Receive. Receive now. Receive now. Receive now. Receive now. I told you death and life and the power of the tongue God has just given you help a representation of life receive that life help is upon you right now decree out of your mouth God is helping me right now God is helping me right now God is helping me right now Whoever that person you've been interceding for decree that God is helping that person right now. Whoever it is. Father, I decree it so right now. So right now in the name of Jesus. So right now in the name of Jesus. From your crown to the sole of your feet. Help. Inwardly. Help. Whatever situation or circumstance that you're going through, I decree help right now. I decree help right now. David decreed that help would come from the sanctuary. I release that help right now in the name of Jesus. I release it right now. Right now in the name of Jesus. I release it. I release it right now in the name of Jesus. That's right. Receive. I am helped. I am helped. I am helped. 
Now drop those hands and celebrate it. Come on, everybody. Let's celebrate it. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.